Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show 137, released on May 25th, 2016. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined by my good friend, Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Hey, hey, hey. I feel like I've done 267 of these. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, not too much. It's uh, quieting down a little bit. Uh, we should say quickly off the top that we are proudly sponsored by our good friend and supporter, Patrick O'Neill. So thank you, Patrick, yes, for your continued support. But uh, as I was saying, it's kind of been... The things have kind of started to slow down a little bit after Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, all the hype and everything surrounding that. But we've got you mean the and... horrible flop that was nine hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide. <laughs> yeah, but we are uh, kind of um, edging out towards some more exciting things in other areas of the world of Superman, uh, namely in comic books. There's some exciting things happening there. We've got TV stuff to talk about, so we've got a lot of different topics to get through for this podcast. Um, but let's start with movies, as we usually do. And as you said, Batman v Superman, uh, nine hundred and fifty odd thousand dollars at the box office. I think oh, yeah, it's right. pretty much gone out of circulation at the moment. I don't think it's. I think it's showing some. Um, I saw somebody the other day posting that they saw it at a drive-in movie theater. So uh, I guess it's kind of doing the the kind of the um, alternate theater. You know, um, not ma- not the major chains anymore. Yeah, I think it's still going to make uh you know a few dollars, but maybe the maybe the uh countable monies are done. Uh, I I go to New York quite frequently now with my new job and it was still at the lows right on Times Square there mm-hmm. when I was there just the other day. So uh, I was surprised to see it because it's not out around here anymore, but uh it was nice that I still saw that it, I didn't see how many times it had or how much you could watch it, but it was still there playing. So mm-hmm. that was surprising to me so i guess it'll still make a few more dollars so technically the final digits haven't really been contabulated i guess but i don't think it's quite 950 i, I like to go around saying that but it's yeah. somewhere in the 900 range yeah exactly so uh it's um now i guess the our uh focus moves forward looks forward towards the home video release the blu-ray dvds um there's a 3D version, there's the Ultimate Edition, there's a DVD version, there's a standard Blu-ray edition. And there's also this blue, 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray release. Um, these 4K TVs, the, the resolution on those are spectacular. Uh, my parents recently bought one uh, because their old TV was playing up and uh, the resolution on these 4K Ultra HD TVs is, um, is immaculate and I guess getting a, uh, a Blu-ray release of Batman v Superman in that uh, resolution would be awesome. I guess I'll have to spend a couple thousand dollars then, huh? <laughs> uh, I thought about for a while. I don't even know if they if it if it went anywhere. There was this thing called the curve where the TV right, yes. it was kind of like a C shape or a U, and I guess you it, it gave you a better view from different areas of the room, and, and and the picture was great. And I don't know if they even still sell those. Now they're doing this 4K thing and i don't the ultra tv i don't i, I don't know I, I i don't know when i'm going to be able to upgrade but yeah it'd be it'd be great to be able to go ahead and buy that and i almost bought a new tv for the man of steel release uh because my the pack i got comes with the 3d and i don't have a 3d tv so i almost went and bought a 3d tv just for that and then i thought oh that's kind of silly you know <laughs> uh maybe i shouldn't spend that kind of money uh just because i want to watch one movie at home but uh 
Yeah, I like good. I like I like nice resolution. Obviously, uh, it would be nice to have that. But uh, let me know how it looks on your parents' TV. Yeah, well, if I <laughs> thing is, you have to, I guess you have to have a a 4K. I don't know if Blu-ray is just a standard Blu-ray player can play that resolution. It's, I mean, I'm you know fairly tech savvy, but uh, it, it, home theater systems just seem to be jumping ahead and leaps and bounds as far as what's new and out there and the new technology and everything that's available. So it's hard to keep up, but uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to see that the movie will be available in so many different formats. So no matter what you've got, you'll be able to enjoy it regardless. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have 3D either. I have a 3D TV capable of, of that, but my Blu-ray is not 3D. So it's just so hard to keep up. But uh, That's true. I guess I don't know if I... Because I, I watch my... <laughs> I rarely watch a DVD on an actual disc anymore, a mm. movie on it. But but when I do, it's on my PlayStation, so I don't even know uh, what that's capable of. Or I guess if you need a, an act, I guess you need an actual 3D player. So I wouldn't even be able to watch that yeah. anyway. But. <laughs> so uh, there are all different versions out there. You can get them all through the Superman homepage online store, and uh, let us know what uh, you'll be buying uh, because, as I said, there's so many different versions available out there. Now, I feel at, like I want to get the one with the statue. Did you see the one? Yes, there's a Batman I, statue and a Superman statue that are yeah. exclusive through Amazon. Which you can I haven't ordered Amazon it yet, but I'm kind of like, uh, I think maybe that's the way I want to go. <laughs> yeah. One more thing before we move off of Batman v Superman, because I know I'm doing a really in-depth thing where I'm breaking down all the stuff uh, for Great Scott. So if you're not watching that and you care about that, go ahead and check that out. But what I wanted to say is uh, this is on a more personal uh, kind of a situation, like every day almost. I don't know if it happens where you are in your country or in your city or in your area or in your local family circle. But in almost all of those places, you know, I, I, I have it when I go to work. I have it when I go to New York City. I, I have it here at home with different family members. The discussion inevitably goes to well, yeah, you make that joke that $900 million isn't a flop, but when they expected so much more, it kind of is. When it cost $800 million to make and market, it kind of is. When Civil War easily overtook it, it kind of is. When, um, uh, when the Batman movies by Nolan, each on their own, made more than it, it kind of is. So I don't know if you're facing that or what the answer to that is or if we know what the deal is or what the true cost was or if it's actually been released anywhere or if we care. I mean in the scope of our everyday lives, it will never matter whether Superman is ever successful ever again. But uh, you know, just just kind of being disheartened every single time I have to go through this with a movie that involves Superman, I don't really know what to say anymore other than, okay, I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I understand your, uh, you know, the, the the issue that you're having there. It's not something that I come across too much. It's probably more online, uh, Facebook, and those kind of discussions that you get these kind of arguments. And it just we seem to on the online just want to pick apart things uh, by its very nature of the fact that that's what you do on the internet. But um, yeah, it's not something that I'm too concerned about. Yeah, for a while there, it was. For a while there, it's been a, a bit of a, you know, a an issue as far as, you know, having to argue the fact with people. I guess it comes down to, did you enjoy it personally? And at the end, who cares what everybody else thinks beyond that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, box office is definitely important. And if a movie from 10 years ago about only Batman, you know, the definitive version that most fans seem to think is never going to be topped, 
made more money by itself. And now you have all these heroes and Superman involved all together and Batman, who by himself was able to make more. And now this one didn't. That does seem to be an issue, which then which then kind of propels us into our next topic. And that is that Jeff Johns uh, has been given the title of the, I guess, co-runner of the DC films area, uh, along with all of his comic book duties, which I actually thought happened way back during Green Lantern. By the way, great move on that film, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> so now, and and of course, the the thing now comes see, you know, they're not happy with the results either, and that's why now they've got Jeff Johns to do this deal. Yeah, um, I understand. Look, Jeff Johns is a, is a great guy. He's he's, he's been front and center with everything that's going on at DC Comics in the comic book world, uh, has been involved with the TV side of things, has been very heavily involved with The Flash and Supergirl and um, Arrow and all those kind of things. And now he's adding film to his repertoire as far as the, the resume of what he's taking care of at DC Comics. And DC Films is now he'll be co-running that um, along with... I'm just trying to find the name of the other fellow that he's doing it with... Um, it's uh, John Berg, uh, who's been elevated to co-runner. Both are co-runners of DC Films. Jeff, in another interview or in a press conference, spoke about hope and optimism, and you know that's what they're trying to, the what they're trying to do with, I think, the DC Comics side of things more than I think people have taken him out of context there in regards to the movies. Definitely with Rebirth and everything, they're going for the hope and optimism in the comic books. But he also had something to say as far as the, you know, the the movies especially in related in regards to superman he's saying he you know he hates it when people say uh superman's not not relatable because he's too powerful he says are you kidding me he's a farm boy from kansas who moves to the city and just wants to do the best he can with what he's got that's the most relatable character in the world uh so i appreciated those comments from jeff johns and i guess the fact that he's helping with the dc films side of things can only be a good thing because he does seem to have a very good grasp on all these characters and what the classic style of these characters and stories of these characters should be. I agree. And I, 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 I don't mean to slight Jeff at all. I, I met him at uh, 2008 to Comic-Con in New York City, and he was nothing but uh, accepting of the homepage when uh, when other people were saying, uh, we need to move against the wall or, or be at another table. We don't, we don't belong at press. Uh, he said out loud, I love the homepage. I think they belong here. It's fine. Uh, I didn't get to stay there. But uh, but but Jeff was uh, was all for it and was fine with it. Uh, I don't have any. Uh, I don't take any kind of a personal issue uh, with the guy. The what I sometimes take issue with is the way people kind of make up their own backstory to these announcements mm. and and the idea that well because Batman v Superman is such a failure they they needed to bring Jeff Johns in and hence the announcement today that Jeff Johns has been not not today literally but in the articles when they write them uh now Jeff Johns has been announced and we're going to see big changes happen now and Zack Snyder better watch out because now it's going to be hope and good stuff yeah exactly there's no uh Nothing in any of that announcement had anything to do with anything along those lines. There's no, oh, this is them trying to overtake Zack Snyder. This is them trying to push him out the door or telling him he's on notice or anything of that manner. There's no indication whatsoever. Uh, you can infer that if you want. You can bring your own agendas to that if you want. But there is nothing in any of these news items 
that actually <laughs> indicates that whatsoever. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, t I take issue with that as well. Mm. Very good. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Well, it's, we agree on something. It's that's hey, hey. Yeah, that's hey. <laughs> now, uh, if you are a big fan of the films, of the, especially of the DC Universe of films and the latest ones and everything that's going on with upcoming Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, then you uh, should head to the Warner Brothers Studio Tour in Hollywood where the DC Universe exhibit uh, is taking place. There's costumes and props and all different kinds of things from the films involved in that exhibit. Uh, you can actually put your hand inside the gloves of the box that was featured in Batman v Superman to hold and carry the kryptonite chunk that Lex Luthor acquires. And that prop itself is there. It's a hands-on uh, prop that you can uh, physically interact with. And there's, as I said, other costumes and uh, there's a, a room dedicated to the seven members of the Justice League and their origins and uh, it all looks really fantastic there. So uh, if you're in Hollywood, in the area, uh, definitely get to DC Universe, the exhibit. That glove box doesn't sound like it would be a uh, germaphobe's worst nightmare at all, does it? <laughs> yeah, you'd want those gloves to be hand uh, to be washed time and time again, wouldn't you? I was kind of hoping that this thing would be like a traveling exhibit, or I'd see it in New York. Or is there any indication uh, that you're aware of that uh, they're going to take this on the road, or is it only going to be in Hollywood? No indication that I've seen. Um, you never know. These things do sometimes go on the road, and they are shown at different places. But I imagine with an exhibit of this size, with this much in in, in it, it, that it would probably be specifically for that Warner Brothers um, studio tour there um, in Hollywood. Uh, you know, you, you might get props or different items, costumes that do get paraded around. But I imagine the bulk of it would stay there in Hollywood. And is there a cost uh, involved with going to this, or is uh, it free? Or? Good question. Let me have a look. Uh, exhibit. Let me have a look at the uh, information we've got on that. Um, it says here it's opening May 24th, so it's open now. Uh, book your tickets today. So wbstudiotour.com. I'm not sure what the value of the tickets are, what the prices are, but I imagine that it's part of... Um, the wbstudiotour.com website, you'll be able to find the information on there. Very cool. I hope that I someday get to see something of that coolness, but today won't be the day. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the world of TV, where we finally got the announcement that Supergirl, yes, will be renewed for a second season, but Hooray. there's a catch. It's no longer going to be on CBS. It will now move uh, and be part of the other DC Universe television shows on the CW. Hooray! There was much rejoicing. Finally, it's come. It's, I mean, I've been saying this from the beginning. I believe that that's where it belongs. I believe that that's where it has the best opportunity to thrive. That's where the people are who want to watch these types of shows. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate, but I don't think the day has come yet where the regular CBS and ABC watchers are looking for this kind of thing. Yeah, it was an interesting announcement. Um, CBS did, uh, I think it was the president, uh, Glenn Geller, uh, revealed that the, he, CBS Network was very close to renewing Supergirl either way, but um, I guess the deal was done with the CW to, to move it over there. There was some issues regarding the amount of money that each episode costs and, uh, and how much uh, budget they, the, each episode gets. Um, the ratings did dip a little bit, Geller says, uh, after its initial high ratings. 
Um, and But he thinks it's found the right home on the CW and uh, the deal was done. And now we're looking at a possible crossovers with both not only the Flash, which we've already seen, but Arrow, DC Legends of Tomorrow, uh, even a, a possible four-way crossover between all four shows. That would be absolutely uh, amazing to see all that happen. But uh, it will stay on Monday nights. Uh, it will be at 8 p.m. And you'll get the Arrow, I mean Flash, I think it is, on Tuesdays. Um, I think Arrow is on Wednesdays. And then DC Legends of Tomorrow on Thursday. So it's like four nights in a row at 8 o'clock on the CW. You'll be watching DC Comics movie, TV shows. It's fantastic. I'm excited. I love it. I love the, you know, you wouldn't think because I'm not really the demo and neither are you, Steve, uh, the demo for CW. Uh, but uh, maybe they're changing that with a lot of these comic book shows. But, uh, you know, you can tell when you look at them, they're they're really about pretty looking people looking pretty and, and young and doing young things. And when I think about myself and the age that I'm at now and I realize how outside of the normal demo for something like you know, uh, superheroes and comic books and uh, pretty people on the CW. I am. It kind of makes me a little sad, but at the same time, I realize that I'm going to get four nights of shows that I'm that I'm watching currently, and that I'm going to continue watching, and they're going to be all kind of part of that CW universe. It, it makes me happy again. So I go back and forth. I'm a little, um, you know, bipolar that way, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting because I find that Supergirl. Um, is one of those shows that, yes, it's aimed for maybe a younger female audience, but I'm finding a lot of families are watching it together. I'm finding a lot of my cousins and friends who I didn't know were watching, uh, you know, saying to me, oh, how cool is that, that Supergirl got renewed for a second season? And for us here in Australia, it won't matter too much what network it's on because all four of those shows that I mentioned are on the same network here, Fox 8. So um, I imagine that'll just still be the same. There won't really be any difference for people... In Australia, but um, it, it's great that it's been renewed. I'm excited. I don't know what the budget concerns will be, whether the um, you know special effects will drop off in any way. Uh, we still have, like I said, the DC Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and the Flash uh, all on the CW already. So, and the Flash and the DC Legends of Tomorrow have just as good effects as Supergirl's had. So, I don't imagine that there'll be too much problem or too many differences in what we see in season two. Well, I think a big of the bu- uh, amount of the budget that they're going to save is that it's it's no longer going to be shot in L.A., which is the uh, you know Los Angeles is probably the most expensive place that you can shoot something. Uh, so it may look a little different because they're moving away from L.A. There, it does when you look at the Flash or Arrow, they do kind of have a much darker look and tone to them. The cities look different because they're uh, you know they're shot in Vancouver, which is mm. now where this is going to move to. So I'm I'm wondering what the aesthetic is going to look like now. Uh, are they going to do some sort of a change in storyline in terms of how the city ended up changing, or or are they going to somehow manage to make it still kind of look the same? We'll have to see. But I think they're going to save a lot of money just not being in L.A. So hopefully that won't cause uh, too many uh, changes to the effects. Now I will say. Uh, you do mention that Legends and, and The Flash have some pretty good effects. Uh, the Flash uh, does pretty well, but but it, it ha- the hardest time it has is when, for some reason, 
they do extreme close-ups on the CGI model mm. of uh, of Grant, mm. and I I don't know why they do that. Uh, it looks fine when it's from a distance. You can kind of still tell it's CGI, but uh, I think they do it when they want to have uh, each Flash look at each other, like mm-hmm. when he meets his doppelgangers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 it 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 doesn't come off uh, real well, but uh, it's okay. I mean, we know that there's not a such thing as a guy running that fast, so clearly they have to use an effect to make us be able to see it. Mm. So uh, it doesn't really take me out too much. Um, But the effects on Supergirl in that way, I've never, I haven't really noticed too much by way of saying, oh, that was obviously CGI and Mm. and didn't look good. So we might get some of that, uh, but that's okay. I'm I'm not, uh, the, the effects, I no longer really, I don't know if I ever did, I don't really watch movies or TV shows uh, to sit there and go, wow, that effect was great. Mm. I watch it for the dramatic beats and the, and the moments That's that are really cool from comic books and that kind of thing. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, the other, I guess, issue moving from L.A. to Vancouver is Calista Flockhart. Uh, you know, some of the cast... Uh, may not want to move uh, and may have to move. but uh, And I know there's been a few dramas or some talk about the fact that Calista Flockhart, they haven't actually got her over the line as far as her moving or her, her being part of that. But uh, I guess in time we'll see what happens there. Um, so watch this space. Well, I didn't hear that. I mean, I hope she does. Uh, she she grew on me. I hated mm. her in the beginning, and yeah. I think she's she's kind of a character you're supposed to sort of feel that way about. But I also thought that the the way it was written and the way it was acted was a little too far over the top for me. But they've tapered that down. They've also shown that she has a lot of heart. She has a lot of emotion. She has a lot of humanity. She just kind of covers it all up, uh, being tough. And you know, mouthing off to people, and mm. and you know, so uh, I I kind of like her now. I like the relationship she has with Akara. So uh, it would be nice to see her come back. But I could also see them writing a situation where she had to go to another office in another city, or or, or something along those lines. If they did have to lose her, I don't believe that it's a draw, um, ratings wise, or that you're going to lose viewers because mm-hmm. of it. Uh, that might have been the hope when they put it on CBS, the idea that well, we have a name. You know, that's yeah. the one name on the show. But I don't know on the CW. I don't, I don't think that matters as much. Yep. Now, there are a couple of other TV shows that we have to look forward to, or pilots anyway, for this first one. And that's the fact that Sci-Fi has officially given the Krypton TV series a pilot green light. And uh, we've been hearing about this upcoming idea for a, for a while now. I think as far back as Man of Steel, there was talk about, you know, will we see more about what happens on Krypton? And David Goyer was then talking in talks about getting a, uh, a TV series based on Krypton on TV. And now Sci-Fi has given a green light to that pilot episode. And uh, it's set years before the Superman legend takes place. Uh, it's, it's the grandfather of Kal-El, so Jor-El's father. Um, we've spoken a little bit here about whether or not it's an interesting idea, whether it's not something we'd watch. Uh, personally, anything that's involving Superman or anything that has a connection to Superman is, is okay with me. Uh, but uh, Warner Horizon Television uh, will be producing this pilot for sci-fi. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it doesn't have some of what those other sci-fi series, kind of goof troop shows, I call them, mm-hmm. camp 
camp kind of badly written, badly acted things. Uh, hopefully, uh, I've I've been told that some of the more recent series have gotten better. And of course, every network now is trying to have their own shows and things. So uh, maybe that maybe this show will be one of the ones that helps push it over the line in terms of uh, uh, more quality. And it's certainly a more quality subject, in my opinion. Uh, and obviously, uh, that's coming from a biased Superman fan's opinion. But uh, it's nice to hear it's going to be on. How cool would it have been if this would have been the Friday night on the CW instead of uh, <laughs> on Sci-Fi? Yeah, make it a five uh, five night treat. But uh, it's been greenlit greenlit for a pilot. Uh, pilots don't always extend into a, a full series. Sometimes the pilot sinks, as we saw with that Wonder Woman TV show uh, a while back, and the Aquaman pilot. And uh, so that Aquaman pilot was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. The uh, Wonder Woman one I didn't watch, but it did not look good. Mm. So we'll wait and see what happens with the Krypton pilot and um you know it uh will hopefully if it goes ahead then great if it doesn't then um maybe the pilot will leak online for us to be able to watch but uh looking forward to seeing what happens as that develops now the other one that's uh kind of not superman related so much but more dc related and a peripheral kind of dc related is this powerless tv uh series as on uh, nbc it's uh based about like a an an office comedy, if you like. Um, it's got uh, Vanessa Hudgens from uh, High School Musical Days. You probably recognise her from that. She plays Emily, a spunky young insurance adjuster specialising in regular people coverage against damage caused by crime-fighting superheroes. It's when she stands up to one of these larger-than-life figures after an epic, bat- epic battle messes with her com- commute that she accidentally becomes a cult hero in her own right even if it's just to her group of lovable, lovably quirky co-workers. Now, while she navigates her normal everyday life against an explosive backdrop, Emily might just discover that being a hero doesn't always require superpowers. So it's a bit of a quirky comedy drama thing that's an office drama that's set in the DC universe. They name-drop a lot of the superheroes, Aquaman. Um, I think Wonder Woman was name-dropped in the, in the pilot uh, trailer that was released online. Um, it's not something that I think that we will follow too much, but it's interesting that it's there out there and the trailer has been, has been released online. Wow. Does that sound fantastic? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about this. Uh, I guess the idea being that, um, something that's kind of off kilter, a little quirky, a comedy, might do better on one of these major networks than something like Supergirl, which actually has uh, the powers going for it and, and takes it uh, to the to the point where this is actually happening and, and they try to make it believable and they make these characters actual people on the show. And uh, now it's they're kind of this is one of those send ups, one of those mockeries, one of those uh, let's make fun of the whole superhero idea thing. And uh uh, that might work better for for normal TV watchers who don't seem all that interested in tuning into a show that's actually about the superheroes. Maybe they'll enjoy something that kind of pokes fun at it a little bit. I, I I'm not certain. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not one that I think we'll be covering or following too closely. But I thought it would be interesting to let people know that the trailer is online if that's something you're interested in looking at. All right, let's move into our comic book discussions and. Uh, I guess the big news of this past week or this past month uh, was the fact that DC Comics 
yes, we're moving into the rebirth era of this, you know, what's happening with the comic book line, but they've, they're taking it so far as they've redone their logo. They've released a new logo that reflects this new era. It's very, um, very retro in style, very 1970s, <coughs> similar to the 1970s logo that existed. And uh, it's... Uh, I'm not... As a designer myself, as a graphic designer, I'm not sold on it. I think it's very bland, but I understand where they're going with it. Well, I think what they're trying to do, and they haven't really said... Uh so much other than the whole thing about hope and, and getting back to what connects us. The idea that uh, we are going to go back to maybe something that's more familiar to a lot of people, or, or at least that's the, I think that's the impetus behind the move. The thinking is that I, I think it's going to evoke the idea of what comics used to be or what DC used to be or what Superman used to be, what these characters used to be before we got into this whole mess of the new 52 that, that so many people are uh, vocally disappointed about on kind of a constant basis. The idea that uh, we're going to see more of a retro, you know, thing mm. uh more of the 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 idea of what you think of back then the, 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 the so i'm not saying that it's going to be obvious or that it's going to be apparent but maybe on a psychological level um going along with where they think or where we think or where we're assuming the direction of the new comics is going to go because this whole new 52 initiative didn't really work out all that well and so we're changing it up and we're going to go back to what you remember being nice and being good when you read it before. Mm. And I heard, I think it was Jim Lee was saying online, I think via Twitter or uh, Facebook or one of the social media outlets that the certain elements of the, of the logo reflect um, the, the trinity of Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. The kind of the, the top of the, the sea, the way it's angled in at the top there, the way it, it looks a bit weird, actually. It's trying to, it's supposedly, supposedly evokes the top of the S of the Superman logo, the fact that it kind of dips in that way, and that the, the certain other elements uh, reflect the Batman logo and the Wonder Woman logo. I don't really necessarily see it, but I, uh, I can understand uh, the, uh, the thought process there. I'll have to look closer at it now that you mentioned it and see if I can see anything along those lines. But uh, it is interesting that... Uh, it's been three years or something since they changed the logo last time, and here we are changing it again. Yeah. And it's been three years since they changed the whole comic line, and here we are changing it all again. It's, uh, and I guess it's the idea that well, we failed, we tried something, it didn't work. Uh, people weren't happy with it. Now we're going to do something different. But they're not, they're not saying that that way. They're saying it the same way as they announced the new Fifty Two. So people who are kind of excited that it's going back to what we used to like. Um, are, are kind of being misled purposely. The, not that it's not going to be good, and it could very well be, but this could have been very good, you know, the new 52, and maybe some people really liked it. But the idea being that they made these kind of announcements when the new 52 was happening, very similar. Mm. Um, it's really about story. It's about advancing these characters. It's not a gimmick. It's not... It's not an event thing. It's not something where we're trying to use to market our brand. It's really about the core of what these – all these kind of statements were made when the new 52 happened as well. So uh, it may very well be great, but at the same time, it, it, it really is a fix to something that they kind of announced in the same way not that long ago. 
Yeah, and it's interesting that uh, the logo evokes those kinds of images and, and, and sensibilities that you mentioned. But what happens in a year, two years, three years down the track when we're no longer talking about rebirth or thinking about rebirth, and yet the logo still holds those, you know, that old style look? Um, it's kind of it will get dated pretty quickly, I imagine. Well, perhaps. I mean, the bullet logo seems to be most people's favorite, and mm-hmm. when you look at that now, at least from my point of view, it seems very dated. Um, I actually, I'm one of the few, I think, that like the new logo, not the one now, the one that we had before mm. they announced this new the one. Peel back the, with the peel back D. Uh, I get the concept. I get what they were going for. I get the idea that people are reading comics, but now it's a digital age, so they're reading them digitally, and mm. therefore the D tears back in a digital manner. It's an interactive symbol. It moves uh, with your digital comic or whatever. The idea, anyway. Mm. I'm not saying it actually does that, but 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 the thought process behind it was uh, this is how you open a comic book. Normally, with your hand, you pull the page back, but now we're going to be doing it digitally online, and that's where we're moving to in the future. Um, not to say that that, whole, that idea is gone, but that didn't really take – people didn't really get that. They thought it was ugly. They thought it was uh, uh, silly. Uh, I've heard it called a Pringles can, that sort of thing. <laughs> so that didn't work. So now they're going back to something a little more uh, constant, a little more steady, a little mm. more solid, I guess. Yep. And uh, you know, uh, we'll see. I don't know that it will – for me, I don't know that the logo of DC on the book really matters all that much. Uh, it does bring a sense of nostalgia, the idea of the bullet logo going away and people kind of being disappointed about that. I get that. It felt weird for a while, and uh, that was before this latest logo. Anyway, there was another one in between. Mm. So they really, they've gone through some logos they in have. the last 10 years or so. We're on like the fourth now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they're changing it up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it animates and what it's like in the movies and whether it's using Suicide Squad and and all that kind of thing. I've seen it on their app. I've seen it on their um, DC All Access videos. So it'll be interesting to see all the different ways that they uh, utilize it in other mediums, not just on a, on a static page. So looking forward to seeing how they develop that. All right, let's move into some of our comic book discussions. And I'll start with American Alien. Superman American Alien number seven is the final issue of the seven-issue series um, that was written by uh, Max Landis. Uh, number seven, I don't know if you read it, Scotty, but it's Superman versus Lobo, and it's a, it's a weird way to end a series. It is kind of weird. Um, not, a, uh, not a super well-known villain, uh, but, I, but I, what I found interesting about it was the art. It's kind of sloppy, but not sloppy in a junior, junior way. Sloppy in a way that I actually found it kind of appealing to mm. look at. It's uh, very artistic, and... Um, uh, I think purposely drawn in this manner because Lobo is such a kind of haphazard character in and of himself. Yeah, no, the art style definitely matches the story in that it's that you know graphic style that's rough but still very uh, emotive, um, and you know there is a lot of chaos in this with you know a lot of fighting and a lot of blood and a lot of movement and you know things breaking and um, yeah, it, the story itself. I'm not sure. Like I, I, the whole, I think this kind of really reflects, this issue reflects my feelings about the whole series in that there's some great parts in it. There were some really moving parts in it. 
Then there are other parts that are so confrontational and so in your face that I'm going, cringing a little bit. I'm not sure if that's how I perceive Superman or how I would have liked to have seen the character react. But it finishes off with Superman with Clark and Lois together, and I guess for most fans, that's a happy ending. Yeah, I I I kind of agree with you uh, to to a to a pretty decent extent. I I did feel emotional at some of the dialogue between uh, Clark and Lois and uh, her revealing that all she could think about was him and and what he had said to her last night and and that she loves him too and 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 he was so worried about it that, that she left and and uh, I, I you know Jimmy was telling him you, you can't be concerned about that kind of thing. It was a very uh, it was a very emotional storyline from that standpoint. And then you have the Lobo thing, which, like the artwork and like the character of Lobo himself, seemed kind of out of place and seemed kind of haphazard and crazy and, and, and a little bit all over. Yeah. So um, I guess it, it, it was an interesting experiment with Max Landis. He's a very um, uh, controversial figure, I guess, as far as being a fan or writer. Uh, and um, some people really liked it. Uh, it was, you know, well received by others. Others didn't really like it. Michael Bailey's been sitting on the fence with his reviews. Some were great, some were not so great. Uh, I'll be interested to read his final review for this series uh, with issue number seven. But uh, that is Superman American Alien done, finished. The series concluded. And uh, it was interest- an interesting ride, I guess is what I would call it. Well, here's the thing for me, and I, I don't really troll the comic book stores looking to see which characters have miniseries on a constant basis or which characters have six-part books and, and, and new writers, and not on the normal continuity books, but on, on these other outside books like American Alien. Um, but, but what I like about it is whether you like Max Landis or not, whether this, this – uh, American Alien uh, kind of a disjointed story because each one was its own thing. It wasn't a you didn't need to read them all to get a sense of the story or anything. Um, this was the final one, but it, but it wasn't. You could have read them any way you wanted to. Um, what I like about it is, as much as I hear on a constant basis, and, and as much as I worry myself that Superman has kind of gone the way of the dodo and 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 he's out of the public consciousness and and nobody really likes him and he's a hard sell and he's not relatable and he's this and he's that that uh it seems that pretty regularly there's some new writer or some new project in comic books that requires a six-part superman story uh i like that so uh, regardless of whether this was the greatest told story or whether max landis belongs writing superman or not I like the idea that there was interest there, that there was a set project, that they hired a guy, that they are getting this done, and that that, that means uh, for the future, uh, obviously, we don't know for certain, but that there are still people out there that want to write seven-part stories that mm. have to do with Superman. And, and it's not necessarily in continuity, and it's something that you are going to continue to see uh, until you don't, I guess. But uh, right now, uh, it still seems to me that there's enough interest that there are creators and writers and artists that still want to work on Superman, that probably still feel it's their dream job, and that, that it's not all, well, what I really wanted to get to was Batman. Mm. <laughs> exactly. All right, now let's move into the issues of the final days of Superman saga that are taking place across the main Superman titles. And uh, the fifth chapter of this story happened in Batman Superman number 32. And in this one, 
we see the continuation of um, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman uh, following the trail of uh, this, uh, well, what's happening with this false Superman, this uh, solar flare Superman. They come across these Chinese, uh, um, well, what are they? they they're called... Big Ten, aren't they? Big Ten, but there's only seven of them that are actually physically <laughs> there, which is a, a weird thing. But um, uh, Superman saves the day in, the, in a way because he comes to the aid of these characters when the abominable snowman figure loses the medallion that keeps him in check, and Superman restores that medallion to him. And so the the Ten stand down and converse with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman about, you know... Finding the location of this um, signal they've been chasing, which leads them to the secret uh, scientific laboratory of a particular scientist. Um, looking at her name, I'm trying to find what her name, Doctor Doctor Omen, and she's created a Superman of her own using some of the uh, solar flare technology she's been able to, or solar flare. Uh, energy that she's been able to siphon off of from Superman and releases him. Um, is this the, the Superman, the hyphen Superman, that we've, the Chinese Superman that we've been uh, reading about, or is it uh, another twist in the tale? Well, I would guess that this is going to be the guy. I mean, I can't see there being another storyline that, mm. that introduces another Superman, although uh, we haven't really covered it. I guess we're waiting until the full miniseries ends, the coming of the Superman, mm-hmm. uh, if that, that's going to have some sort of an actual playability in the new continuity going forward, or if that's just another uh, set-aside standalone. Uh, you know, standalone series. But uh, this guy does seem to be where they're headed, uh, yeah. how we're going to get this Chinese uh, version of Superman. Uh, so uh, it's interesting. I do – I'm not going to say I like where it seems like they're going with the Superman line of characters and books. But I will say that I like, at least in their going that way, the way they're intersplicing a lot of what's happening in what we thought were outside situations mm. – uh, being put into the main continuity and kind of weaving it together to get to something. Yes, Tomasi has been doing a great job of interweaving these, this story uh, with all the different plot elements that are going on with the Solar Flare Superman and the Chinese Superman and Superman dying himself with the kryptonite, you know, um, I, I guess, virus that he's, uh, try, he's battling and uh, with the Lois and Clark Superman coming into it and all that coming together it's really exciting the way it is playing out I'm, I like you I'm not sure where it's going I'm not sure if I'm going to necessarily like where they're going but I like the way it's for, the, the story is being formed and that continues in with Action Comics number 52 which is number 6 in the final days of Superman as far as the triangle or shield numbering on the front is concerned and in this particular issue we continue on with Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman uh, chasing the uh, the solar flare. Superman, Superman weakens, and he's you know he needs to come on board the Bat plane. And uh, in the meantime, Lois is having her personal interview with this solar flare Superman, as I like to call him. Um, and he takes her to, as I said, the pre-Flashpoint Superman's house. Um, he's going by the name of. Uh, What's his Clark White? 
Um, Parkway, yeah. And uh, Jonathan, his young son, is there, and the Solar Flare Superman confronts him, and Lois is now aware of the fact that the pre-Flashpoint Superman is here on Earth, and that he is, is in existence. And um, and at one point, when once finally, once um, Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman arrive at this location, we have three Supermen on the one page. We have the Solar Flare Superman, we have the pre-Flashpoint Superman, and we have the new 52 Superman. It's like one of those points in the story that you've been excited to see all along, and it finally happens here in this issue. Yeah, I was surprised by it. I was, I was a little confused at first, actually, because I thought, at first I thought, are they trying to tell us that the Lois in this new 52 has somehow been masquerading as both Lois's? And then I realized that wasn't the case, but for some reason that's where my mind went and I was like, that can't be right because that would be impossible. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really realize that they were all kind of a part of the same plane of existence. And I don't, I said this last time, I don't really remember the Tilo story all that well. I don't really remember how pre flashpoint Superman ended up on this earth or why they're in hiding. It doesn't, I said this before, it doesn't seem very Superman like to do, you know, everyone talking about this is the real Superman. This is the guy we've been waiting to see. This is the guy we've been missing. Uh, when I look at it, I say, this is a guy who's in hiding and, and wearing dark clothing and only going out at night and not responding to distress calls because somebody else is going to handle it. That doesn't seem very much like Superman to me. I know he has his reasons, but again, some fans are okay with some characters' reasons, but then some fans aren't okay with the similar reasons from other characters. So mm. I'm not really sure why it works for some but not for others, why the wholesome always does the right thing, never gives up Superman is is what they want, but then when he kind of seems like he falters himself – that gets overlooked, but when it happens in a movie or when it happens with the, another version of the character, it doesn't work. But uh, I'm not hating it. I just, I just am saying this is a, it's another version of the story, and this doesn't really seem that much like the pre-Flashpoint Superman that 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 it seems like fans think they're getting. It seems like another uh, overly human, emotional Superman who is willing to give up on being Superman, much like the Richard Donner Superman in Superman 2, and you know, Lester, of course, directed it, but that series gives up being Superman so he could just be with Lois. Not really taking into account the fact that millions of more people are going to be in danger or could be in danger or could die or could need him when he just gives his powers away to be with Lois. That's sort of what's happening here, uh, because he doesn't want to get in somebody else's way and because he needs to protect his family, he no longer acts as a savior to the world. So I get it. I understand yeah. what's happening in the story, but I, but I, I, I don't understand it. why some people get a pass and some people don't. Yeah, and I guess the only answer to that is, that, from my point of view, is that this isn't his Earth. He, he's, he's not supposed to be here. You know, They've been transported here and... There's already a Superman in existence, so I guess he's trying to find his place in this world uh, by the fact that it's it, it's not his Earth, it's not his universe. So um, there is that, and obviously, as you say, he's got a son and and a wife that he also needs to keep under wraps because they're not supposed to be here either. And so there is a concern there, and I understand 
where you're coming from with, you know, why does he get a pass for, for, for having that and taking that uh, stance ahead of helping people? Isn't that supposed to be his thoughts for first and foremost? I don't even have a problem with him doing that because I like like the idea of, you know, people talk about him not being relatable. Superman is relatable because he has such a heart, because he cares so much about being human and being emotional and having a life and loving a woman and now having a child in this situation. Uh, you know, and, and, and so, and his feelings can be heard in like the Man of Steel movie or in, in Batman v Superman. People say he doesn't lose confidence like that. He doesn't ever feel like he's going to give up. He doesn't ever have depressed times. He's always smiling and saving Mm -hmm. cats from trees. That's what makes him not interesting. If he's, if he's just down the line all the time and he never goes up or down, I'm not saying he should make huge mistakes or murder people, but I'm saying if he doesn't have these sometimes dips and sometimes highs then it just gets to be boring and standard mm. you know mm. when you when you when you look at creative writing or storytelling or a play or a movie there's supposed to be an arc for a character you're not supposed to see a character at the beginning of the movie stay exactly the same to the end of the movie the most interesting characters and the most interesting stories are when there are changes and when there are fluxes and when there's a wave and when things happen to the character and his personality shifts a little bit or his attitude shifts or something happens to him to change him to change the character that you're watching otherwise yes it does get stagnant it does get boring and a lot of people that tell me how boring superman is have that impression because they think he's just the boy scout who only does this or just the guy who uh tells people to drink their milk or you know he's not he doesn't have regular feelings or human emotions and that's just not true and here we have that kind of a situation going on but i think it's similar in other situations but here for some reason it seems to work for people where it doesn't work at other times Mm. Now, the uh, Batman and Superman 32, just quite quickly, and the next issue we're about to talk about, Superman 1 and number 29, are actually the final issues of those particular titles because beyond this, we go into the Rebirth saga. Uh, Superman Wonder Woman number 29 is the seventh uh, chapter of the final days of Superman, uh, Superman number 52, uh, which happens uh, the week that we, this is released, uh, is the final chapter in this saga, and then we move into the Rebirth era. So uh, Superman Wonder Woman number 29 sees a continuation of the story, and we've got uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman confronting the solar flare Superman. He introduces Lois, who he's brought along to this, and uh, Superman has to protect her, tries to get her out of the way of the fight by sending her off with Batman, who just leaves her at a gas station, uh, but she's uh, not going to have a bar of that. She's calling in a helicopter to, to bring her back to the fight. Uh, but Superman and Wonder Woman are basically pummeling this uh, solar flare Superman, trying to expel uh, the, uh, the, the energy that he has to try to bring him back to human form, which they do momentarily, uh, temporarily, but it's not enough. Um, meanwhile, we've got uh, the flash, pre-Flashpoint Superman showing his Lois and his son Jonathan the Fortress of Solitude that he's set up, uh, and they, they talk about that. We also have Supergirl uh, at the very end of this, uh, who's at the DEO and trying to get the full extent of her powers back, uh, alerted to the fact that there's a fight going on, that Superman's involved, and so she goes to try to help her cousin or flies off to try to go help her cousin. But um, at the f- final page of this issue is the solar flare Superman um, 
who we know is uh, what's the what's his name? Let's actually mention his name in this issue. Um, let's see. They call him. Uh, just quickly having a look. Uh, I'm trying to f find where where they actually mention what his name is, but um, Denny Swan. He calls he calls his name himself Denny Swan. Uh, from North Branch, Minnesota, State Penitentiary, prisoner number 3098. So that's an interesting development. We've actually finally got a name for this character. But uh, he's got Superman by the throat at the end of this issue. Uh, when, and I know she doesn't have her own title anymore, yes. but, but, but when did uh, Eliza... Yeah, who looks very much like <laughs> Helen Slater and Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah, who looks exactly like Dean Cain, end up in in her story, mm -hmm. and 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 there's a, uh, no there's, a there's a there's a there's a there's a black uh, DDO or whatever it is uh, the 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 alien affairs office that um, uh, Martian Manhunter works at in the TV series, but we have a Martian Manhunter in the New Fifty Two and. And he's not this guy, so they're they're kind of giving you that to kind of make you feel like you're looking at the guy from the series, which wasn't that popular, so not that many people reading even know about it. And then you got Eliza and Jeremiah, who were not a part of her life at all. In this, you know, we we had a Supergirl series, and we saw where she came from, and and uh, she never lived with uh, the Danvers, and it was never called Danvers or anything. And she's not in this story, but they're there. Hmm, it's it's very strange. It's very interesting. I don't know how they're going, how they're introduced. It's the first time we hear of them in this continuity, and perhaps in the upcoming Supergirl title that we'll be getting uh, in the Rebirth era, that they will be explained and introduced. But uh, it's funny that they're thrown in here uh, as uh, I guess a bit of an Easter egg. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe they'll never be mentioned again, and it was just something for fans to yeah, hear. I don't. Know. I don't I don't know, but uh, it was weird. It kind of took me out of the story itself. Mm. And, and and the other thing is, is the cover features Supergirl pretty prominently, yep. and she's only on the last page, yeah. which I guess the story is going to a point where she's going to be involved, but uh, she really wasn't so involved here. No, exactly. So that's where we're at with the final days of Superman saga. As I said, Superman number 52 is the final chapter. It is released the Wednesday that this podcast is released. So we'll be talking about it next week as we also talk about Rebirth. So looking forward to the final chapter in the final days of Superman. All right. Now, in sad news in the comic book world, we did lose a very talented, uh, legendary artist in the form of Darwin Cook. Uh, he did a number of great uh, comic books, has done a lot of great covers and artwork for Superman titles. It's probably best remembered for the New Frontier story that also got made into an animated movie using uh, his style and uh, sadly he lost his battle with a, an aggressive form of cancer uh, this this past month and it uh, happened very quickly because we only heard a day before his passing that he'd been taken into palliative care and then the next day we heard that he had lost his battle and so from the Superman homepage members and staff and everyone who reads the website our condolences to his family and friends. 
Yes, absolutely. Very inspiring artwork, a lot of great images of Superman and other characters. And as you say, New Frontier, which was a great story and, and just great artwork. And uh, the movie, very good. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, very, very, uh, you know, legendary and uh, uh, will be missed. Definitely. All right, let's move on to other areas of the Superman world. And the Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, is fast approaching. It is on from June 9th to June 12th in Metropolis, Illinois. And this year, the some of the celebrity guests attending, there'll be three Jimmy Olsons. There'll be uh, McCard Brooks, uh, Mark McClure, and also Michael Landers from the Lois and Clark TV series, all attending. Three Jimmys in the one place at this year's Superman celebration, as I said, from June 9th to June 12th. The most, the one I'm most interesting to hear, uh, would be most interested to hear from, uh, is uh, is John is is Landis, Michael Landis, mm. because I feel like he was he was a part of the Superman universe for such a short time, mm -hmm. and it was a show that wasn't that celebrated, wasn't that big, and only lasted four seasons, and he was only on one season of it mm. so long ago. I'm kind of interested to hear, and I haven't seen him as a part of anything else what he's been doing and, and how he feels about the show now and how he feels about exiting from the show so quickly because he supposedly resembled Dean Cain too much and viewers couldn't tell the difference or something. I don't mm, know. Yeah, but, I heard that too. Uh, uh, so I'd like to hear that, you know, uh, the other guys, you know, Mark McClure has been around. We've heard him in interviews a lot. He's been on a lot of Superman things. He's been in a lot of movies about Superman and he's been around a long time. And, and McCod we see, every week on the show. So he's very current and uh, he's very available. So I feel like Michael Landis has kind of been out of spotlight and, and kind of, I mean, I'm sure he's working somewhere, but uh, I think I, I, I'd have a lot of questions for him about the way that, the way things went down and, 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 and how that show was and how it was to work with the people there. So I think that's, that's going to, that's quite a lineup. Yeah, definitely. And there'll be Q and A's and panels and that, and hopefully we'll have videos to show you when the Superman celebration is taking place. And don't forget that the Superman homepage meet and greet is scheduled for this year's celebration. Once again, it will be held on Friday, June 10th at 10.30 a.m. inside the Hardys, located not far from the Superman statue. Uh, we've got uh, lots of giveaways and prizes, DVDs, Blu-rays. We've got trivia questions and all different kinds of a fun uh, events taking place within that hour-long meet and greet that will be taking place there on the Friday morning. So if you're attending, make sure you get along. Uh, Jamie and Rhonda Kelly and Ken and Cindy Sills will be hosting the event for us. So that's the Superman homepage, meet and greet. Very cool. All right. Uh, before we move into the big questions segment of our show, just wanted to quickly mention that the second novel by Gwen de Bond of Lo about Lois Lane called Double Down is now available. I thoroughly enjoyed the first novel which was called Fallout, and would highly recommend, although I haven't read it yet, uh, reading the second Lois Lane novel titled Double Down, available now through our Superman homepage online store. Let's start with the big question. Well, it's time for the big question. Last month's big question was, what did you think of season one of Supergirl? And Donovan Hunter wrote in, I loved it. I think it's a fun show. I watched every episode. I love Melissa Benoist. She's phenomenal. I'm looking forward to what happens next. I hope it gets renewed and ends up on the CW. After the Flash crossover, I can see them crossing over again. Thanks, and keep up the great work, Steve and Scotty. Well, Donovan, your wish, your wish has come true. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. So uh, fantastic for Donovan. He's uh, had his wish come true. Next up, we have Christopher Miron, who wrote in and said, I like Supergirl. It's always good to see Superman-related TV. And this was a way to bring a whole new, uh, whole new audience who may want to see a female superhero lead for a change. Sure, it's silly to always have to make excuses why Superman can't be there to help, but I understand why they do that. It's no different than in comics. Batman fighting Joker on a killing spree and Superman doesn't zip over to manhandle him and take him to jail. It would be the same outcome every time. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Christopher. All right. Patrick O'Neill wrote, Overall, I really enjoyed the first season of Supergirl. Melissa's fantastic in the role, and it's great to see Dean Cain, Helen Slater, and Laura Vandervoort in the show. Some moments came across a little cheesy, but I'm thrilled there's a Supergirl show, and I'm really happy it's continuing for a second season. The more Superman properties, the better. On a side note, will either of you guys be attending the Superman celebration? I'll be there, and I'm looking forward to the meet and greet. Well, thanks, Patrick. Appreciate your answer, and always we appreciate your support. Sadly, I won't be attending this year, and I don't think you will be either, Scotty. No, no. Money, work, time, yes, all of that stuff all that always, stuff. always gets, gets in, the way. in the way. You know, I do want to return, and I, I feel like I'm missing a great lineup and, and missing uh, talking to great people like, uh, like Patrick and, and other people that we met last time we were there. Mm-hmm. It was a great time, and uh, you know, I hope to get back. But uh, have a great time, Patrick, and uh, I'm sure you will. Yeah, definitely, and be sure to uh, say hello to the guys hosting the meet and greet and introduce yourself as uh, a big supporter of our website where uh, we'd love to see an interview with you. I know that uh, they go around doing interviews. I know that uh, Jamie has been doing that for a couple of years now for us, so uh, make sure you say hello to him at the meet and greet. All right, that's the responses we got for this big question. Uh, What do we have for this coming month? Now, we didn't have too many responses this month, so I hope that we can have more responses to the new big question, which is, what do you think of Rebirth so far? Which is, of course, the comic book event coming up. Hasn't happened yet, so we can't say too much about it right now. But hopefully by the time next month comes around, you'll have some question- answers for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, DC Universe Rebirth number one is released on the Wednesday that this podcast is released. So it's all about to kick off. And by the time we get to our next podcast, which will be on June 29th, Uh, You'll have had four weeks of Rebirth comics to sink your teeth into. So let us know what you think of the Rebirth event so far once you've uh, had a chance to read a couple of issues before our next podcast is released. You can get involved with the feedback form for the new big question found at our website. Uh, We'll read out all the uh, responses that we get. You could also uh, record an audio response if you wanted to as an MP3 file and the instructions for how to do that are on the new big question page found at the Superman homepage website. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. All right, and now it's time for the super secret soundbite. Last month's sound came from the DC Superhero Girls Season 2 premiere episode titled New Beginnings, and only three people guessed it correctly. Who do we have, Steve? Yeah, that was Donovan Hunter, David Huang, and Patrick O'Neill. They guessed that it came from that online episode of DC Superhero Girls, so congratulations to those three guys. Let's hear that sound again so everyone else can see exactly where it came from. Dear Principal Waller. And that was the sound, so congratulations to those three people. And here we have our new sound for this month's podcast. So let's see if you can guess where in the world of Superman this new sound comes from. Come on, Bubba, you're wasting your rockets. 
Well, that was a sound. Uh, do you have any idea where in the world of Superman that sound comes from? If you do, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at our website to send your entry in. And every person who guesses it right will have their name read out here on Radio KAL. I'm laughing at you, you hear? Laughing! Awesome. What comedy sketch do you have for us this time around? Well, we, re- we recently featured this on the website. It's uh, a little snippet from the How It Should Have Ended comedy sketch for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. It's a pretty long one. Uh, here's a little snippet from that particular episode, which you can watch in full at hishe.com. That's how it should have ended.com. But for now, here's a bit of that comedy sketch. I love you. No. This is my world. No, Clark, you can't. You are my world. It's so cliche. Don't fight the monster. And I know what I have to do. All right, let's do this. Because... How does this work? You talk first, I talk first. You stole my victory, Bruce. Yeah, that thing would have stabbed you and we'd have to, like, go to your funeral and stuff. I wouldn't have died. I would have just been gone for a while. Yeah, but you'd probably have to come back evil or something. Make us fight you all over again. So I just went ahead and killed Doomsday. All I know is that was exhausting. Yeah. Like, we covered so much ground, you'd almost have to go through it multiple times to feel like it made any sense. Right? Not for me. I pretty much just checked my email and then fought a monster. What were you guys doing the whole time? We were sort of... Fighting each other. Fighting is a loose term. I was feeling bad about saving people for some reason, and this guy went down a serious dark path. I may have killed a bunch of guys. No. And bulldozed them with my Batmobile. That is dark. Yeah, but I feel bad about it now, so that makes it okay. That doesn't seem right, but whatever. So what were you two fighting about? It's so complicated. He thought I was going to kill humans. So he decided to kill me first, rather than just talk to me about it. You were going to kill Superman? He was going to try. I sort of let him win. Oh, I beg to differ. I seem to remember you lying on the ground crying out for your mother. And what was her name again? Martha. Martha. I'm I'm sorry. I need a minute. (laughs) I am so confused. Our moms have the same name. He's really sensitive about it. Why did you say that name? Your mom isn't the only Martha in the world, dude. Your mom's name is like my mom's name. What does it all mean? Okay, I'm good now. Well, this is certainly not what I imagined hanging out with you two is going to be like. It's normally not like this. Yeah, we're supposed to be the cool kids. What happened to us? Uh, he killed people and you forgot to smile. Oh my gosh. The Amazon goddess is right. Of course I am. I like you, Wonder Woman. Wanna help us form a team? Like the Avengers? No, this is totally different. Why would you think that? I'm saying, like, a league that serves out justice. Yeah, and then we can be like, you just got served. Some justice. Okay, maybe this was a bad idea. I vote reboots. Don't you dare. I just got here. I want to join. Can I be in the league? Yeah, me too. Can I join too? Yeah, the more the merrier. And me too? Uh... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that anymore. Hey, great job murdering people, Batman. Killing your enemies is wrong. Oh, man. 
It's gonna be a while before I live this down, huh? Mm-hmm. Because you're Batman. What'd I tell you about my catchphrase? Oh, does that make you mad? Are those fighting words? Don't you start with me. We're gonna have to break out the kryptonite. You mean say Martha? <gasps> Why do you keep saying that name? <laughs> it's just too easy now. <sighs> I wish Doomsday did kill you. So there you have it. Funny stuff. Uh, I love those. I always love those. They're so funny. And they have so many on there where they, uh, where Superman and Batman are a part of it, even though they're not related to whatever it is. Mm. They get at the end of whatever movie they're doing. Most of the time, it's other superhero movies. Batman and Superman are in the thing having coffee and, mm. and uh, riffing on whatever happens. It's it's really uh, I like those a lot. Yeah. All right. Let's move into our Superman song. Willie Nelson's song, Superman, from his 2009 album, Lost Highway. Wow, I couldn't even have told you Willie was still doing new albums. I mean, I guess 2009's not that new, but still, it's a lot newer than I thought. Head over to willienelson.com for more information on this legendary performer. And uh, here's the song. Too many pain pills and too much pot Trying to be something that I'm not Superman Superman, trying to do more than I can, got a little out of hand, ain't Superman. Well, I blew my throat and I blew my tour, I wound up sipping on Superman, I wasn't Superman, was Superman. Trying to do more than I can, got a little out of hand, ain't Superman. Son, it's a crying shame, but you ain't Clark Kent and I ain't Lois Lane. You ain't Superman. You ain't Superman. Trying to do more you can, got a little out of hand. You ain't Superman. And when I die, put it on my stone. God said, sucker, get your bad ass on. You ain't Superman. You ain't Superman. So that is the song, Willie Nelson's Superman song, uh, and that is our show for this month. Now remember, if you do have uh, suggestions for this show, maybe there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, maybe there's a song that you would like to request, a question you'd like us to ask in the new big question segment of the show, or a comedy sketch you'd like us to play, all those suggestions can be sent to us here at the Superman homepage. Uh, you can use the KAL feedback form, or you can send us an email. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com. You can email Scotty, scotty at supermanhomepage.com, and we'll endeavour to use those suggestions here in a future show. 
But for now, that is our show. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill, and supermanhomepage.com.